Welcome to the Strawberry Jam Sessions, brought to you by Victorian Strawberries. I'm your host, Simone Austin, accredited practicing dietitian and lover of all things strawberry. Each episode will bring you a punnet full of goodness to help you make the most of Victorian strawberries. So let's get to it. I'm very pleased to have with me today a very special guest, a grower of Victorian strawberries. I've got with me Luciano Corallo, and he is at the Strawberry Spring Strawberry Farm. So before I get Luciano to join us, I'm going to read you a little bit about the history of his farm, Strawberry Springs. Strawberry Springs was founded back in 1998 when Heather and Luciana Corallo followed their dream to build a high-quality strawberry farm in the beautiful Yarra Valley. After running his own fruit shop for many years, Luciano recognised that customers wanted the best quality and best-tasting fruit, so he selected the place he would create his strawberry farm based on the pure natural water spring that runs under nearby mountain ranges. This water supply coupled with the nutrient-rich mountain soils yield an extraordinary flavour, giving Strawberry Springs strawberries a uniquely sweet yet rich taste. In recognition of their pioneering work, Luciana and Heather have been awarded the 2019 Australian Farm Biosecurity Producer of the Year. They've been environmentally conscious from the beginning and built that into how they grow on a commercial scale. Welcome, Luci. And very happy to have you here. Hi, Simone. Pleased to be here. So, Luci, could you tell us a little bit more about growing strawberries and about your farm? Okay. Uh, the, the farm, as you said, in, in, in 98 uh, was established, was just after 98. But I did grow up on a strawberry farm and, and orchards, actually. Uh, but I jumped the fence into, into retail and wholesale for about 14 years. And, uh, and then came back to strawberry growing, which uh, I loved farming. It was always in me. That's where I grew up. And where did you grow up? Whereabouts was that? And that's not far from where I am at the moment. That's in the Wandon region, in part of the Yarra Valley, uh, which is a, a which was a major growing area, still is. And what made you be so conscious of the environment when you were setting up your farm? Listen, that's something we've always loved. I mean, I- environment that that that's the crust of it all. It's it's what makes everything. Okay, you've got healthy organic soils, you've got really healthy clean water and that's all part of the environment uh so it's that love of of environment and 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 nature if you want to call it that uh that that really prompts us into what we're doing and and research and development into into all sorts of things to better understand our microclimate to be able to maintain it i read a little bit about the fact that you were one of the first if not maybe the first to put the strawberries under nets and that that buffers the extreme of the wind, the hail, the frost, and and that helped reduce the water consumption. Can you tell me a bit about that? So we we were the first in Australia to to trial that. We found it was actually done in Israel, but not tried in Australia. So when we did try it, we found it actually, and we put it in as, as a hail net because we got hail for a few years and got wiped out. So we put it there as an insurance, but what we found is that actually worked as a, it, it stopped the extremes. It actually stopped the hail, which is what it was meant to do, but stopped the heavy rain as well and, and split that up so it was finer. Stopped the UV, so when the really hot days, you didn't get that really hot UV and slowed the wind down. So 
it was actually uh, quite good. It was beneficial to the extremes. So it slowed those extremes right down and, uh, and we found huge benefits from that. The plants loved it. It would have reduced the evaporation, I suppose, as well, and that would have helped save the water. Probably about 30% better moisture retention. So, yeah, there were huge, huge benefits there. And do people follow you now? Like, do other strawberry farms do the same thing? Yeah, we've seen a few, uh, a few other farms now follow suit and uh, and put nets up, and uh, and obviously they're, they're they're going ahead with that. So it's one of the measures against the extremes that we can get to try to help protect your crops and make my Victorian strawberries ever so more beautiful to eat and plentiful. So that's fantastic. We love growers like yourself, Lucci. Fantastic. What's the most challenging thing about being a strawberry grower? The most challenging thing is is obviously the weather. It's, you know, it's going to determine what what you do and how well you do it and, and the outcome. It probably 70% of what we do is is weather related. But but the challenge is to produce the very very best quality eating fruit uh, with, with shelf life, of course that you know, consumers will get a great experience from. Uh, and that's the most challenging thing as a grower. Is it physically hard work? Yeah, listen, it can be quite physical. Uh, there are some areas that, uh, that of work that, that are quite physical. I mean, the, the picking is, is quite a physical job. It can be quite back <laughs> back aching. Mm, yes. The packing's not so bad. Yeah, no, it can get physical and, it, and it, in other ways it, it can be quite, uh, uh, quite non-physical. Can you tell me then, for people who don't know anything about it, like are all the strawberries picked by hand? Do you how do you plant the plants to start with? Yeah, well, all all the plants are planted by hand, and, and special little tools to push the plants in. They they're picked by hand and they're packed by hand. Obviously, there's no there's no mechanisms. There's machines that are or robots that have been designed around the world to try to pick, but they're very very slow and and it's quite not 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 up there yet. So when you think, I hadn't really thought about it, but you're saying all my strawberries are packed by hand. It's sort of obvious when you say it, but to a consumer like me, I didn't really think about that. So that's a lot of strawberries in a lot of punnets to put in by hand. How do they know when it's the right amount of strawberries in that punnet and the right weight? Yeah, they have little checkways that they, they pack on and, and uh, there's little what we call a, a traffic light. Uh, system so if it's orange or red it's under or over but when it goes green it's right on and there's also a double check uh, that goes through a way station that that double checks it to make sure it's within the weight range so yeah, all, all these there's lots of processes that have been put in place to ensure that that not only quality assurance that every berry is is good but also that it's the right weight and and size and so on so those packers would probably get quite experienced in that, Lucci, to know about how many strawberries are going to fit because otherwise it would take me all day to pack just a couple of punnets. <laughs> and, and that's right. When training somebody, they're very slow. The professional packers, as we call them, because our packers are in Queensland, so they've come down here for their Victorian season and we've had the same packers for a few years now and they're very, very good and they're very good at what they do and they, they just know a different type of strawberry variety that's a different shape. They know how to pack it or how, how best it's going to be packed. And sometimes we have to intervene to, to sort of listen, this is how it should be done or this is what we'd like to see. They're, they're really good. They, they listen and, and they're very experienced to what they do. That brings me to a couple of questions. One is about how many punnets a day would a packer pack? And the other one is, oh, different 
varieties of strawberries. I hadn't really thought about that. So first, could you tell me how many punnets a day would maybe a pack a pack? Listen, a packer, we'd, we'd hope uh, they'd pack about a thousand punnets a day, I think. Wow. Or oh, a thousand to fifteen, fifteen hundred actually, about fifteen hundred punnets a day. Wow. So yeah, they're they're, they're quite efficient at, at what they do. As far as varieties go, they we've had a, a mainstay which is called an Albion. We've had that for many years now, and it's probably one of the best flavoured berries that we've ever had. The unfortunate thing with with that variety is it's very susceptible to rain damage. In this year where we've had a lot of rain, we haven't seen one of those years for many, many years, but um, we've probably, you know, 70, 80% damage. So we've lost 70, 80% of that particular variety. Now, luckily, we, we've actually had newer varieties in place this year, which are starting to develop. It takes a little while for them to develop flavour, but they're actually starting to develop nice flavour now. And nowhere near the intensity of, of the older variety, um, but still re- probably better than Queensland, I'd have to say. <laughs> <laughs> go the Victorian yeah, stories. Go Victoria. <laughs> yeah. But in, in saying <laughs> that, if we didn't have that variety, we, we'd go broke in trying to, you know, just just yeah. grow this other variety. So when when, when strawberries or varieties are actually commercialised, uh, they have to pass the criteria of, you know, the tolerance against certain diseases rain tolerance if they're if they're going to damage with the slightest bit of rain well they're just not going to make the grade there's no way a grower could grow them because he'd lose the whole lot what size is a typical victorian strawberry farm in terms of hectares or acres or yeah well 20 years ago uh, i mean you know we would have been one of the biggest farms in victoria nowadays we're just a middle size because we haven't chosen to to up scale so but a normal farmer, I'd say around about 300,000 plants, 400,000 plants. Wow. So that's a lot of plants, but some of the big, big rows, we've got about three or four that have gone really, really big and, and up, up up over the two million plant mark. So Wow. Yeah, so there's a hundred, hundreds of workers. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of fruit. Mm. So your um, farm is in the Yarra Valley, but where else in Victoria, uh, store, where do they tend to be grown? The majority is grown in the Yarra Valley, but then we get some outskirts of Mornington Peninsula. There's there's a, a big farm down there, okay, which uh, most people know of. There's some smaller farms around the outskirts of Melbourne. There's some smaller farms that do a lot of tourism uh, up at Shepparton Way, up past that way, um, northern Victoria, but their, their season is limited because it gets too hot in, later in the summer. They're spread around, but still predominantly grown in the Yarra Valley. So certainly strawberry picking is one of the things I love to do in um, summertime and it's a great family activity to, like, who doesn't love a strawberry? And they just, they're pretty, kids love to pick them, eat them. It just brings a smile to your face when you think about a strawberry farm, really. Yeah, no, listen, it's great. We've seen, you know, we've had parents and children out there and uh, it's wonderful to see and and it puts a smile on their face. There's nothing like having a, a bit of fruit off the plant. And it's just lovely for kids to know that they don't just come in a punnet at the shop where they actually come from and knowing that there's, from what you're saying, you know, there's a lot of work going into the varieties and the soil and planting. And if I want to grow a little patch of strawberries at home, I'm still going to get them from your farm, don't you worry, <laughs> Lucci. But if I want to, I've got a little bit of a strawberry patch here and I love to grow them. What what am I thinking about in terms of the soil that strawberries like and food and water? 
what do I need to think about? Yeah, listen, I, I mean, a, a well-drained, a, a home garden is always difficult because they change so much, but you want a, a well-drained soil, you want it in a, in a, in a warm, warmish spot, uh, and if it's protected, even better. Most people lack, generally, Australian soils are very low in lime and phosphorus, so if you can make sure that those two elements, it doesn't matter what you're growing, tomatoes or, or, or anything really, but those two elements, if you want to just add a little bit of that, and that'll ensure you get fruiting because a lot of people grow plants and say, oh, I didn't get any flowers or didn't get any fruiting. And it's generally, you know, lime and phosphorus are the two main elements that are lacking in Australian soils. And do they like a lot of sun? Like should I put them in yeah, full sun? Yeah, no, put them in, put them in full sun. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll be fine. The birds have been eating mine, Lucci. My first crop for the season. Bit of shade birds cough. <laughs> yeah, but uh, listen, we've had the most damage from birds that we've ever ever seen, and and they're mainly lorikeets. And our daughter lives up at Eden, where they had the big bushfires, and she made a good point. Well, there's probably flocks that have, have flown down from those bushfires in those areas. And we're, we're seeing thousands, which I've never, in my whole life, I've always, you know, in the early 60s, in, even in Wandon area, there were always lorikeets, but never to the to the amount that we see now. And uh, we, we've had to actually look into a what's called a, a laser. It's a green laser, and it's specially built for deterrent of birds. So basically shines this little green laser out in the crops, and it, it deters the birds. So without harming them, Okay, we could, we could deter them, but it's a lot, a lot of money and expense to go to these. Uh, but these are the sort of things we have to face sometimes, you know. We never know what, what nature, uh, how it can evolve. Yeah, exactly. And I heard about a system called IPM. Can you tell me about how that works? IPM is all about insects, building up beneficial insects within your crop. So as a strawberry crop, uh, and because they're grown every year and they're planted every year, it's a, it's a monoculture where, where if we were to leave it in the ground for three, four years, eventually we would get those beneficial insects to build up because there'd be a food source there for them, which would be the non-beneficial insects, and it'd take three, four years. But because we only grow them for a year, we've got very little time to be to, – so we haven't got time for those beneficials to, to build up. So what we can do, we can actually monitor our crops. We have – entomologists that come in and monitor the crop and they'll be able to look at the crop and say, listen, we've got so many beneficials, these are the type of beneficial and so forth, but you've got a build-up of non-beneficials, which is a real problem because they're building up the big numbers. We need to introduce some. So what we'll do, and a perfect example of that is Persimilis. Persimilis is a predator to two-spotted mite. Two-spotted mite does the damage and it damages the leaf of the plant and dries the plant out. And the the um, persimilis, okay, eats the eggs of the two spotted mite, and and will keep that in balance. So it's getting those two in balance. So you can always have some mite there, but if you've got a good balance of uh, predatory mites, in this case, it, it eliminates spraying basically. <laughs> oh, that's fat. Fantastic! I didn't know that at all. But um, yeah, it's a bit like being a dietitian. It reminds me a little bit of um, your gut bacteria, and you're needing to have a lot of the good gut bacteria, and that will keep the bad gut bacteria down. It's all about balance. 
Yeah, it's yes. all about balance. And, and the strawberry industry in Victoria, if I could just tell a little story, there's a symposium yes. every four years around the world, a berry symposium. And in uh, I think it was about 2012, I'm not sure, but I, I think in 2012 there was uh, one in Europe, a big and a scientist and agriculturist from right around the world attend. There, there are big events. And the first thing that came up on the screen was Yarra Valley strawberry growers, or Victorian strawberry growers, the most successful in the world in IPM. And it was only because, yeah, it was only because we put a lot of money in 2005, 2006, I think it was, a lot of money into the research. Because what was happening, we were using it for about 10 years, but some were unsuccessful, some were successful. So it was about, we need to learn about this, we need to understand our, all our insects, what their life cycles are, what they like, what they don't like and so forth, to be able to better manage and be more successful. And that's what we did. We put, the industry put hundreds of thousands of dollars into biological research into, and other industries as well have run off the back of that, but we were the ones that pushed it and, and developed it. That's fantastic and that's so important. And obviously we're talking about strawberries and we won't get into it but it, it, too much, but it'd be interesting to know whether other growers of other fruits and vegetables use a similar system. A lot do now, a lot. Yeah. So it's all been it, – it's, it's been great because we've seen a push for the last 20, 30 years away. People don't want to use insecticides. People don't want to have sprays, you know. We want to be clean. We want to be environmentally friendly. We want to be sustainable in every way. And that's the way the industries have been pushing and even the suppliers of sprays. And all of a sudden we've got these great, you know, totally organic, no withholding periods, which is fantastic. And that's what we want to see. Growers are taking it up, you know. It's great. No, I love that. And it's just got me fascinated about the bug balance and how it gets back to me as the dietitian with the gut balance. That's fantastic. So what's the best way to store my strawberries at home? I've come to the farm, I've bought all my strawberries and I don't want them to go off. What's the best way I should store them? A serviette in a bowl and, and just put them in a bowl in, in the fridge, obviously, for, if, you, if you're going to consume them within the day, I'd leave them out on the bench. If you're going to keep them for a few days, put them in the fridge, put a glad wrap over the top if you like. But, yeah, just in some paper so it can absorb any any moisture that they leach out. So I'll take them out of my punnet. Or, or what it, could I just put some absorbent paper in my punnet? You could, yes. Yeah, by all means, yeah. And that way I don't need to use the extra plastic and it's really easy. So That's right, Exactly. And I should wait till I get to room temperature to eat them, shouldn't I, for the best flavour? Yes, I prefer them at room temperature. I'm, you know, everyone's a little bit different, but uh, I find they're best at room temperature. Yeah, definitely. Straight off the bush is the best, Lucci. Straight oh, off of the course. bush. Of <laughs> course, if, you, if you're lucky enough and you can. Yeah. So I've got two more questions for you. Why are Victorian strawberries the best? Not that you're going to be biased at all, but why Victorian strawberries? Oh, of course I'm not going to be biased. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think we've always had, uh, we've had for a very long time the, the better flavoured varieties. And it's really down to that, you know, having those better flavoured varieties. And we've seen some varieties in Queensland, some not too bad, some, some very, very poor in flavour. So, yeah, that, that, that's been the main crux of it, the, the varieties grown down here. And I'm asking all of my guests this, what is your favourite way to enjoy your Victorian strawberries? How do you like to eat them best? I'm a little bit fortunate. I, I can have them straight off the bush. <laughs> yeah, just plain straight off the bush. Yeah, that's, that's the way to go. Absolutely. 
So thank you, Lucci. It's been a delight to have you as a guest today. I've learned a lot of information I didn't know, and I can't wait to get out to a farm and pick my own this season. Thank you very much, Simone. Thanks for joining us at the Strawberry Jam Sessions. If you've enjoyed this very delicious podcast, please let others know by rating us wherever you listen to podcasts. And there's plenty more strawberry goodness where that came from. Simply head to vicstrawberry.com.au. Until next time, I'm your host and strawberry lover, Simone Austin for Victorian Strawberries. Strawberry.